Welcome to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast, brought to you by the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. Our podcast will cover current issues in farming and will provide insight from a wide variety of experts in agriculture. Now let's get farm strong. Hello, thank you for tuning in. My name is Rachel Dilhoff and I'm your host. And I'll be your co-host today. I'm Abby Heidenreich. And today we are so happy to have Gary Truitt joining us from Who's Your Ag Today. Um, and I, I was doing my research and it's the largest and most listened to radio network in Indiana. So we are so happy to have you here, Mr. Truitt. And um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship um, with the agricultural community? Well, thank you, ladies, and I appreciate the opportunity to to be here. Um, I've been serving the Indiana agricultural community since 1985, when I uh, came to Indiana, uh, basically to start uh, a farm radio network at that point. And uh, we've gone through several names and owners and brands and all those kind of things over the years. Uh, but the mission hasn't changed, and that is to, to serve the informational needs of, of Indiana farm families. Um, and some of the issues have changed. Unfortunately, a lot of the issues haven't changed that uh, we were dealing with back in in 1985 and, and still continue to, to deal with today. So uh, I have been incredibly blessed to work uh, for, and that's how I look at it, is really serving the, the, the farm families of the state of Indiana with information every day. Uh, they've been great. They, they invite me into their homes every day, uh, and initially primarily through radio, but in recent uh, decades through a variety of digital and social media platforms. And so uh, myself and and my staff and and uh, the folks here at the network, we we work very hard. It's what gets us up and jazzed every morning to to get out there and and put the news together to report the markets to to serve the the men and women of agriculture. And and over the 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 decades, I've had the opportunity to visit. Uh, most of the counties uh, in the state of Indiana to to connect with uh, personally, um, you know, a lot of the farm families uh, who listen to us to hear their stories, uh, to see their farming operations, to be in touch and connected with some of the great leaders uh, in agriculture that we've had in our state over the years. So it has truly been an honor and a pleasure to uh, uh, to do that. I've been doing this for uh, more than 40 years, spent time in Missouri and in Illinois prior to coming to Indiana in 1985. So uh, I've had the opportunity to work with farmers uh, in a lot of different ways. And uh, I'll tell you, that's really what uh, I didn't start out to be a farm broadcaster. I wanted to play rock and roll on the radio. But once I got into agriculture and connected with the farm families, that's what that's what got me hooked and, and has kept me in this business because it's it's um, it's a great privilege to to serve this industry and to serve the men and women who who get up every day and uh, and produce our food fiber and fuel. Do you farm yourself? Nope, I do not farm myself. Uh, this keeps me busy enough, thank you, <laughs> with uh, running uh, <laughs> essentially two networks. And now recently we bought a farm show. So that pretty much keeps me uh, going. I did not have the, the good fortune to... Um, to have farmland and farm ground in the family um, or even to marry into a family that had farm ground. So uh, as those of you who have 
and there are a few who have who've gotten into the business without that uh, that that family background, that inheritance. Uh, but it's tough. And uh, so my love was broadcasting and and serving agriculture. So um, I have been in around, have learned agriculture from literally the people who do it every single day. So I think I have a, a pretty good knowledge of the industry, of what happens, of, of the technology, as well as the policies and the issues. But uh, I don't actually get out there every day outside of uh, trying to grow a few vegetables and, and coax a few flowers out of the ground from time to time. Do not have a, a working commercial farm. All right, very good. Um, so before we jump in and get to the nitty gritty of our podcast today, we want to start with a fun activity, kind of a, a funny question to get you talking and open up a little bit. Um, what is your favorite sandwich and why? <laughs> favorite sandwich. Uh, um, you know, I have be well, I guess two come to mind right off, I guess uh, my go-to would have to be uh, Italian beef. Uh, I grew up in the in Illinois, uh, in Northern Illinois, and in, in the Northern Illinois area, particularly the Chicagoland area, uh, and a good Italian beef sandwich is just, it is, it is heaven on earth. It is awesome, and it is nothing comes close to, uh, uh, to doing that. So I, I still enjoy a good Italian beef sandwich, put some peppers on there, maybe a little mozzarella cheese, get that, dip it in the gravy. Oh, it's, it's awesome. So that's, um, that's, that's it really does. Now, in recent years, as they become more popular, the, the gyros, the, the lamb, I love lamb, and so the Greek lamb uh, on the flatbread and the pita bread, uh, those are pretty good too. So I will say that's, uh, well, that, that would probably have to be my, my second uh, favorite sandwich at this point. Fantastic. And, and now I'm hungry, so <laughs> let's, we're going to shift gears again a little bit here because, you know, you answered the hard part, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about stress. So I'm sure in, in, that, in the business you're in, there are some really stressful situations that you find yourself in. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about a stressful situation that you've experienced? You don't have to go into detail or anything, um, but something that you experienced and what has helped you cope with that? Well, I think anybody that, that works in and around agriculture, whether you're farming or running an agribusiness, uh, there, there's always stress because there's so much uncertainty, so many unknowables, so many different parameters that, that take place uh, in, in it. But uh, as thinking about that, um, I think for me, the decision to start Hoosier Ag today, uh, from 1985 up until 2006, um, I ran networks and was on the air, but didn't actually own them. And um, in, in 2006, uh, the company I was with sort of gave me an ultimatum to say, you do this or, or you know, there's the door. And it was uh, an, an ultimatum I just could not uh, except so at that point I, I took the door and that was a stressful situation to uh, you know wife and kids and responsibilities and a house and all that good stuff and to come home and say dear I quit my job today <laughs> and so and having no prospects uh, at that point and it's like what do I do and um, so that was that was stressful uh, for me that's 
one of the, and as I look back on my career, the times when I have not had a, a career path or a clear goal uh, to work towards and to move forward with, that's, that's been the most stressful part. Um, now, you know, it, it worked out well in 2006. Um, we decided to uh, pretty much, you know, take some pocket change and, uh, and a spare bedroom in the house and, and start a, and the technology had advanced to the point where we could get in and start a uh, farm radio network. So we pretty much uh, started our own company and started our own network and uh, um, have been incredibly successful and, and blessed uh, over the last uh, 13 or so years um, to, to make a success uh, out of it. Um, so, you know, it, it worked out well, but the, the early years were tough. And the, at the beginning, when you start out with nothing more than a voice and a name and an idea and little money and no advertisers and, and any of that kind of stuff, uh, it's how do you make something out of nothing? And when you think about it, uh, that's what radio is. We're selling time. We're selling air. We don't have, it's not a tangible product that you can put your, your arms around. It's not a newspaper. It's not a magazine. It's not uh, a bushel of corn or beans or, or livestock. Um, it's, it's just potential. It's just information. It's just connections out there. And uh, you know, building a business around that and connecting that, uh, it can sometimes be difficult to, to wrap your, your arms around that. So it was, it was challenging. And there were a lot of uncertainties and really two or three years of uncertainty till we knew that uh, gee, this thing can actually work. And I don't have to say welcome to Walmart uh, in the future. So it, uh, uh, it, that was probably the, one of the more stressful times in, uh, uh, in my life. So what were some of the things that you used to cope during that time? How did you get through those stressful times? I would say uh, two things, faith and hope in the future. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, faith in, in that, uh, God's going to lead you that he didn't bring you to this point that he, he didn't provide the kind of skills and experiences and connections that, uh, we're going to mean something and could, could certainly get you where you needed to go. So, so faith in a plan that uh, maybe you didn't understand, and, but the, realizing that, that there was a higher power, that there was somebody who had it figured out and had your best interests at heart. So that's always good to know whether, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a, a strong faith that allowed me to do that. Not everybody has that, but uh, certainly that can be very helpful. That and focusing on the future, it's really easy to get mired in the current situation you're in. Um, you know, think of that right now as we're all you know, quarantined and everything. Uh, and think about how bad it is or, or how you don't like it or how you want it to change. Um, so those are all things that um, when we focus on the future or focus on the, on the present situation. But when you focus on the future, what can be, what might be, what you hope will be, that's, that's a goal to work at. And so it gets you out of looking at your current situation, not ignoring it. You, you can't live in la-la land because you have to deal with the, the realities of, of daily life. But if your, your focus is more longer term, if you look at the future and say, okay, things are, are tough now. This is not what I want. This is not where I want to be. But you know, I'm working towards something better. And that's, that's what got me through that. I said, okay, right now we have, you know, no stations, no sponsors, no network, we have nothing. Um, but we have a plan and we're going to build this. And in, you know, 
in a year we want to be at X and in two years we want to be at Y and, and, and just uh, focus on those, on, on the goals you have, your future goals, and then how you're going to, um, to get there. And that, that keeps you, or at least it kept me, and I think in general it, it keeps one from, from getting too mired in your current situation. So looking at the future, looking at the potential, and then focusing on, okay, how am I going to get to, to that to that point and and that's would be my, that's i think what helped me get through um and uh, is, is advice that i would give to anyone either in a business situation or even in a farming situation uh your your situation may not be good now but where do i want to be in two years and three years and five years uh if it is in farming then you know how do i want to be and how do i want to get there and that that focus helps you focus and not just get too mired down in everything's going wrong and there's no hope it, 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 the hopelessness can can be a real killer uh it really can and that stems from not seeing possibilities uh and if you see possibilities down the road if you see a future then it makes the hopelessness uh, a lot easier to 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 deal with yeah, and I, you, you bring up a really good point about getting trapped in, and lost in that moment of if something's not going uh, really great and just letting that fester. And um, uh, this was an interesting uh, statistic from the American Farm Bureau. Um, because chronic stress is so prevalent within the agricultural community, uh, especially right now, there is uh, increased suicide rates among farmers and ranchers and that population. Um, and it's something that that population doesn't necessarily want to talk about for a couple different reasons. Um, and, and it's something that's still there. It's still prevalent. It's still a, an issue. Um, have you experienced with your working with farmers um, that topic? Has it ever been brought up? Um, and maybe just give a little bit of insight if you have dealt with that um, that topic with farmers, what you've experienced with that. I've had the opportunity to to cover this issue uh, for a number of years, and it's been interesting to see how it has changed and how coverage and discussion of the issue of farm stress and farm suicide uh, has has changed. I've talked to a number of farmers who have gone bankrupt, a number who have considered uh, suicide uh, and heard their stories and their, their heartbreaking stories, it, it really is. Um, what's interesting to me is that we are talking about it now. Uh, I remember when uh, probably the first farm suicide story that that I did was in the early 80s. Uh, again, when we went through that recession where you had, you know, really tough economic times, 20% uh, interest rates and low commodity prices well below the cost of production because of the Russian, uh, you know, grain embargo. Um, and, and you had a tough time in agriculture. And so you saw a lot of farms going bankrupt. Uh, and you saw a lot of people in very tough situations and, and family farms that had been in the family for generations being sold at auction and how absolutely tough that that was. And there was a general talk about suicide and there were some suicide hotlines that were talked about and put up, but it was, it wasn't talked about very much and, and it wasn't personal. It was very general <clears throat> in, in discussions. Um, and I don't know that the, even the statistics and the uh, were, were particularly um, accurate at that point. And I don't think the farmers were given a lot of, um, 
tools to deal with it uh, back then. I think we talked about it and said, gee, isn't this terrible? And, but nobody knew exactly what to, to do uh, about it. And it's, it was tough. I probably one of the most heartbreaking uh, things I ever had happen in as a reporter was I had a, I was a woman as a wife of a poor producer who called me out of the blue on the phone. I didn't know who she was. Uh, obviously she'd heard me on the radio and felt there was a connection there and called me one day and they were, they were selling off their hogs. Their, their, their farm was, was going bankrupt and she was in tears and she just needed to talk to someone. And I was the voice that she wanted to talk to. And that was, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of counsel for her. I didn't know her situation. I didn't even know her personally at all, but it was a tough one. And it just, it really gets to, to you. I think in the last decade or two, we've gotten better about it. I think the, the mental health community, the, the rural um, uh, lifestyle and, and uh, community farm organizations, Farm Bureau and others, begin to take a more medical and scientific approach to this and say, okay, this is a serious situation. Stress is chronic. It's not just in tough times because, gee, when we've got $7 corn and $14 soybeans, you don't hear a lot talk about farm stress and suicides. But, you know, it is there. It, it's, it's something that happens every day to a greater or lesser um, extent. So I think, and you're actually seeing some programs now that, that deal with it. Uh, the USDA has actually put some money into rural development programs to provide some, some centers and some training and some resources at the local level to help local officials deal with it. Um, you've seen companies now beginning to train their employees to recognize farm stress and farm suicide tendencies. Um, that never happened 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it just, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't done. Companies didn't, didn't see that as their responsibility. And now seed companies and critical credit card companies and bank companies are all seeing it and recognizing it and taking steps, proactive steps to deal with the situation. That's incredibly encouraging. Uh, the stress isn't going away, but I think we're getting better at managing it we're getting better at providing tools for farmers to deal with it and that's that's exciting absolutely i know uh purdue extension where the farm stress team we actually offer programs around that as well um and just really opening up that that dialogue making people aware that this is this happens it's not that they're the only ones experiencing that and opening up that dialogue. Um, and do you think that having that dialogue is beneficial? Um, and how do you attract more, um, more farmers or more people in the agricultural community to open up about this and be accepting? That's a real challenge because farmers are not, as a general rule, I mean, there are some farmers I've talked to that will talk your arm and leg off about everything, <laughs> but then there are others that it's just tough to get them to open up about anything, uh, you know, about the, how their, what their crops look like or what their animals are, and um, they tend to be very private people oftentimes, um, and so getting them to open up about something like stress, like your financial situation, uh, like thoughts of, of suicide is, is very difficult. It, it really is just because of the nature of farming and the nature of people who go into uh, farming. And so it's, it's tough. I, I think one of the best ways to do that is for farmers to connect with each other. Uh, you know, this really, the most effective way is, is if you've got one 
group of farmers or a uh, farmer connecting and talking with another people who've been there, you know, not guys like me that, that, you know, pontificate about it on the radio, but um, to, to have farmers reach out to their neighbors and be aware of what their neighbors are. Everybody knows um, who's doing what, you know, you're at farm meetings, you're at church, you're at the coffee shop, what have you. And, and if you see somebody or more importantly, suddenly don't see somebody who normally you do and you think there might be something going on there in their operation or their family, because stress can come from a lot of different areas. Um, you don't be afraid to reach out and, and say, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, you want to you know, get together and have coffee and, and, uh, and just chat and see if there's a connection there. Because that's one of the things that a uh, consistent theme that I've heard from farmers that, that I've talked with who have uh, been in stressful situations, who have considered uh, uh, suicide or had suicidal thoughts, is the aloneness, that they, they feel alone. They feel that, that they... Um, you know, that, that nobody else is going through this, that nobody could possibly be as bad as, as I am right now. That, that's just a natural uh, thought. And so I think to try to break through that uh, on a one-to-one level uh, and, to, and, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's your, your seed salesman who's also a farmer or maybe your, your bank loan manager who, who really you've worked with or has worked with your family for 20, 30 years or something. And, and, and it has a, some kind of that personal connection um, and can begin to, to have that one-on-one confidential um, conversation. Uh, that's, that's, probably one of the most effective ways to deal with, with stress or to deal with suicide uh, going forward. How you make that happen, a lot of it's just going to be up to the, the farmers themselves, to the ag community, to come together as individuals and saying, hey, we're going to pay attention to what's going on to our neighbors. Uh, and instead of shutting them out, instead of getting into this competitive thing that we sometimes get into, and, and I realize there is competition among farms, but you know, let's look beyond that and and talk about the, the people connection there and reach out to those folks. Uh, and when you suspect there might be something there uh, and you say, well, I'm not an expert. I don't know this. We're not looking for experts. We got to get, we got to get them to recognize the issue. We got to get them to open up before they're ready to hear quote unquote experts kind of advice. So I wouldn't say one of the best things I like to is we just farmers talking to farmers about it. Uh, that's, that's the first step. Yeah, you brought up a really good point about it. Farming is, it's not like a, a team sport in some regards. You're in a tractor by yourself. You, it's, it's a lot of you and your own element doing, doing the things that need to get done. And maybe you might not see a person all day, but you'll see animals. And they're not the best to have a conversation with. Or, I mean, maybe they're good listeners, but uh, they're not going to give you uh, much advice. So, I think that that's a great point to have that community and recognizing um, if you have a friend that you don't see for a while, reaching out to them. And, you know, we did, we talked a lot about the stresses that farmers experience or people in this area experience, but there are a lot of really good and positive things on the horizon and that's in the works right now. Um, What is something that you personally feel really hopeful for in this industry? 
to me, I'm excited about, and I will admit that I have a bias uh, this way, uh, is, is the technology that's out there. I've sort of always been a techno geek and have liked gadgets and, and, and really uh, enjoy technology and the latest thing that's, that's coming along. But as I look at the, you know, some of the technology that we currently have, as well as uh, some of the developments that are, that are on the, the horizon, uh, there's some really exciting things happening uh, and will be happening in agriculture uh, in, in ways of making our current uh, production more sustainable, making it more profitable, and as well as, as new crops uh, and new opportunities going forward. So I think there's just lots of, of really exciting things. That's, that's the thing that really gets me excited is the new technology, the new crops, um, the, way we, the way we can break through and, and use research and science to, um, uh, to solve some of the, our, not only our farming problems, but our societal problems uh, as, as well. So that's, those are the kind of things I guess that, that really, that's what excites me about the, the future, that there's, it's not a, uh, a closed loop. It's not the end of the rope, that there is an exciting future out there with new technology and new developments in agriculture. Uh, things are going to be different uh, the way we farm and how we farm and the look of farms, you know, with, uh, with robotics and artificial intelligence and satellites and, and lots of, of, and we're learning a lot more. We know a lot more about biotechnology. We know a lot more about soil bioscience, what goes on under the ground uh, and how we can use that to, uh, to change the way we farm, to improve the way we farm, uh, to increase our, our profitability. Um, so it's, it, you know, it, uh, there is exciting things going on. And I think some farmers see that. I just was reading uh, a few minutes before we, uh, we got on this call with the, the latest uh, barometer from the, uh, from Purdue university, from uh, Dr. Jim Minard and the, the groups at CME. Um, and one of the questions they ask is, you know, what do you see in terms of, of optimism, in terms of profitability, your hope for the future. And that index is up. It was lower earlier this summer when things were, were tough and the COVID had just really come in and we were shutting down and, and we had trade issues and what have you. But, you know, we got a good crop in the field. We're going to have pretty good harvest numbers. Um, prices are up at the present time. And, you know, there's, there is hope for the future. So again, when you focus on the future and particularly the, the, the opportunities that are there, certainly there are challenges. Uh, so when you look to the future, don't always see challenges because there are opportunities along with those challenges. And that's something that's neat about agriculture. To me, it's such a dynamic industry. People think about agriculture as, oh, these farmers go out and plant and harvest and then they're done. And then they raise hogs and cattle and, and it's, it's, they don't see it as the dynamic industry it is. And um, a lot of my folks in the news business think that, that what we do in agriculture is boring because because we're not covering the latest murder or the latest celebrity scandal or, or politics. And, and I said, what's going on in agriculture? First of all, it's real. Uh, second of all, it is changing. It is exciting. There's something new every day that's, that's going on. You know, when I get up in the morning, I have no idea what kind of stories that I, I might be doing. This morning was a great example. All of a sudden, um, we're talking about low-carbon grain. That's something that, that we just didn't talk about uh, yesterday or the day before in the news business. We'll be doing stories on that and there's research on that. So there's always something new going on and that's something to be excited about. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think that you brought up so many great points and it's so neat to hear your perspective on everything. And I mean, you're talking to these farmers, you are the voice for them, giving them the news and it's just, you're doing great things. Um, and before we go too, uh, are there any events or proge projects that you're working on that you'd like to share? Well, certainly I want to uh, push the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. This is a uh, trade show that uh, our company purchased uh, three years ago. The show has been going on for 40 some years and it's been in the past has been primarily a just a big equipment show, big tractors and combines and sprayers and, and really focused on big iron. Um, we purchased the show and changed it. We changed the name. We changed the focus to focus on technology because we really think that's where the future is. Some of that technology will be uh, in big iron, but a lot of it's going to be in little tiny ones and zeros in terms of digital software and artificial intelligence, the satellites and, and all those good kind of things. And it's all going to come together to help farmers farm differently and farm better and hopefully more profitably in the future. So that's what our show really focuses on. Unfortunately, we have canceled the show for 2020 because of the, the, the COVID and the, uh, the restrictions and, and uh, the things we can't do uh, because of the, uh, the pandemic. However, we are scheduled it for uh, December 14th through 16 in 2021. Hopefully, everything will be back to semi-normal or whatever the new normal is uh, for next year. And I really would encourage folks to come out. We're going to have lots of new technology there. We're going to have lots of equipment there. We're going to have opportunities for folks to learn about what's coming and what some of those opportunities for the future are with new technology as well as new financial and, and policy issues as well. Uh, we moved the show. It used to be at the State Fairgrounds. It's now going to be at the Grand Park facility in Westfield, Indiana, uh, still in central Indiana, easy access. Um, you can get all the details at uh, indianafarmexpo.com uh, is the website, but um, uh, December 14th through 16th of next year, it's going to be a big show, uh, over 200,000 square feet of farm equipment and technology. Come on out and see what's happening in the future. We'd love to have our folks come out and, uh, and get excited about the future of agriculture. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Gary. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. And thank you all for listening to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast. As always, if you would like more information about the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team, you can find us online at extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress, or you can find us on Facebook at the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. And when we do our programming and we talk to people, we post our social media um, messages with the hashtag farmstrong so that we can emphasize that the agriculture community is resilient and is strong enough to overcome anything that comes their way. If you uh, have a story to share, we encourage you to do that on our social media, on your social media, and use the hashtag FarmStrong. I'm Abby Heidenreich. And I'm Rachel Delhoff. And thank you again, Mr. Truitt. And everyone mark your calendars for December 2021.